welcome to Backboard Banter on the board with your hosts, Matt Middleton and Kevin Rayner, where the banter's as ferocious as Jonathan Drew has returned last night. I mean, yes, Montreal did lose, but the guy got a goal. You got to feel good about it. First game in seven months. Just want to shout the guy out. It's a it's a feel-good story, right? It's a feel-good win for him. Unfortunately, you know, they took an L, but they took an L for you because, I mean, you were right about it. You expected it, didn't you? Kind of. I mean... I would have liked this to see them win. They came out real hard in that first 10 minutes, but kind of stopped skating. Um, I think it's going to be a long season if they play like that. Um, maybe we have a shot at Shane Wright. Maybe we'll be down there with Buffalo. But hopefully we get that big bounce-back win like you predicted today. Uh, but we'll see. Matt, you started the season last year looking like one of the best teams in your heart. So it's just you know the reverse of last season. So maybe it'll transition and you'll end up with a cup at the end. But hey, I'm getting too far ahead of myself. <laughs> too much hockey here. You did keep a W, though. You were right about Arizona. I'll give you that. No, man, I was wrong about Trey Lance. I thought Trey Lance was going to win. Arizona stays perfect. But we talked about it in the last episode, our impromptu NFL-NHL episode. Um, Man, we're just off with the predictions this week. You and Scotty Barnes not getting that double-double. He was close a couple times, though. Man, I had too much hope for him, but the guy's just having fun. He's just playing basketball. He's not worried about his stats. His scoring will come later. I'm amped, dude. I'm so excited. We got basketball next week. We're like six days away from the Raptors home opener. Matt, I'm just excited. I can't believe the season's here. I'm pumped about the season. I'm also pumped about Scotty Barnes because I think when you even called that double-double, we both expected, you know, rebounds and points. But the closest he got was points and assists, man. His assists, his playmaking ability has got me excited for what he can become in the future. We all knew he had to work on his shot. Um, he's got great, great ball handling skills. He's got a mentor in Drogic who seems to really like him. So I'm really pumped for the season. I think that we're going to be a much more f- formidable team than we were last year. Um, and let's get it going, man. It's 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 on. The preseason was good for us. The boys went three and two i mean you know there were ups and downs for a lot of players scotty's passing was great to see og ananobi absolutely showing off his all-around game was the highlight for me for matt for i think a lot of raptors fans i mean guy was putting up 20 points a night easily in those first couple of games and i was very happy to see it it was also the scoring package that he brought to the table um yes he had like almost 16 points a game last year i forget like 15.4 or something um but he was a lot of spot up corner threes uh plays that were ran for him where he was creating a lot of his offense in the preseason off the dribble um he had some great step backs he had some turnaround jumpers so i like the package that he's flashed and he's he's flashed a tighter ball handle so i think i think think with him being the number one option as Freddie's deemed it um it's going to be a great first month of the season for him um it might lead him to some some awards that we might predict later yeah who knows right but it, it was a lot of exciting things i'm looking forward to see if fred can be a leader on the court because i mean as we've talked in previous weeks we know he can be a leader off the court because he has had that role with kyle in the past few years and I mean, how long is Siakam going to be out? Is our scoring going to be struggling without him? I mean, Gary Trent, I mean, a lot of fans have been ripping on him for his preseason struggles. Guys, it's the preseason. I mean, yeah, he has had some shooting problems and he hasn't looked great, but give him some time. He's still young. I'm not worried about it, but it's if we can get everybody together to make the scoring happen, 
the biggest thing that I saw in that, which I thought was going to be a wild card, was Malachi. He did not look good for those first few games. Thankfully, you know, to end out on that last game, he had a fantastic fourth quarter against the Wizards, and he was showing that talent that we saw progress throughout his G League run. So I'm hoping that he can come in and, and still be talented. And Matt, we got uh, two roster spots left for this team, right? We got a couple of decisions to make and only a couple of guys that are just on the outside looking in. Yeah, I think it's going to be tough to fill those final two two roster spots. Um, we've had quite a few guys kind of show, show some skill, flash what their NBA potential could be. Um, but to bring it back to Malachi, man, I think that everyone was really worried after the first three games, uh, especially in that third game against Boston when he went 0 for 6 from deep, uh, didn't score a single point. Everyone's kind of freaking out. Everybody has a bad game. It's preseason. Maybe he wasn't locked in. He's definitely showed that he can score the basketball. Um, I I think it's the opposite of last preseason where he cooked LaMelo Ball yeah. and the Charlotte Hornets um, and then went on to have a pretty mediocre rookie season um, for what we were all expecting from him. So hopefully, again, it's that reverse trend that you were talking about with the Montreal Canadiens. Hopefully a bad preseason entails that he's going to have a great regular season. Um, I still think he's super young. Uh, what is he, 22 now? Um, and he's got a lot of upside. Him and Freddie are very similar. Um, so they'll definitely be, you know, the one-two at that point guard spot. And they've got a lot of long elite talent around them to kind of insulate their defense. Not that Freddie needs that help, though. The, the nice thing about that long elite defense, too, is a lot of those players have ball handling capabilities. We're going to have a lot of versatility with who we can have controlling the ball. I look at Delano Banton, you know, our our true Canadian Raptor who is definitely going to spend time in the G League. I hope he dominates in the G League and they let him absolutely go off. But Matt, the most important thing, I was talking with Allison yesterday and she has made the claim Raptors are going to be over 42 wins this season. From her mouth, it's it's happened. So I just got to throw that out there. <laughs> hey man, I think if everything goes right because of the elite defense that we've shown in the preseason um, with Scotty, with OG, with Fred, uh, when we get Pascal Siakam back, he's a way above average league defender. Um, I think it's going to be tough for teams to score on us. The real question is, can we produce enough offense to get there? And if we can, I think we have like a a 50-55 win ceiling. If everything were to go absolutely perfect and everybody were, were to play to the absolute fullest capabilities, but obviously it's not going to happen. So I think 43-44 wins is, is definitely a reasonable prediction for this squad. I'm looking forward to the season. We'll, we can chat more about the Raptors when we're breaking down the Eastern Conference later because I feel like there will be more to say about where we think they're going to sit in the standings, whether they can beat this team or that team. But Matt... If you're ready, let's pull this episode off. Let's get into our predictions because we got a lot of things to talk about today. Yeah, a lot of predictions before the season starts. We want to get all of them out there. Uh, Kevin, where do you want to start? I mean, there's so many things that we could start with. Uh, you pick, my friend. I mean, I'm going to make it easy, all right? Let's just start with MVP. Let's get the big bad out of the way. Me and Matt were talking about this, you know. I have a couple of picks. I'll, I'm going to start with my wild card, and then, I'll, and then I'll give you my things from there. You know, I think that Jason Tatum is this close to being in the conversation. You know, We looked at Luka and how he has put himself 
at that point as that contender with his young talent that he has. And I think Tatum is ready to take that step. And it hurts me to say it for, you know, being not a Celtics fan, being the Raptors fan that I am. But I think that he has the chance to be a wild card in this race and at least have his name show up. You know what? That's not a horrible prediction. I think that you you definitely are on the right track uh, thinking that a young player like that could could do something. But I have a question for you then. Um, does that mean in a couple of years, RJ Barrett will be a, a sneaky dark horse runner? Because if, for those of you who don't know, go look up RJ Barrett's second year stats versus Jason Tatum's second year stats. And you're going to come away thinking RJ is quite the underrated player. If Jason Tatum has all that hype around him, just, I mean, just a saying. It's a fun comparison because, you know, Knicks Celtics, they're comparable quote unquote big markets. You know, Knicks is the Mecca, but whatever i i love that comparison because i think rj has slept on i think that you know that canadian kid has a lot of talent and if he has the opportunity to have a good team around him because the celtics have always kind of been decent around tatum i don't want to say good because you know they they've had their pushes in the past few years but you know in his early days the knicks have been a laughing stock and they're only now becoming relevant so if they can keep that relevancy and rj can keep ascending yeah i could totally see that i love that idea matt Okay, so so Tatum's your fringe fringe candidate. Who's going to be your runner up there? Okay, so I have to bring in Jokic. Obviously, I don't think he's going to win it this year because of fatigue, and I think the season he had last year was absolutely incredible. Honestly, uh, I hope he's he's my boy. He's probably going to be my fantasy pick in our draft coming up because I took him last season and he was a stud for me. But I just I think that there's too many other players out there that are going to have seasons that. You know the media is going to look at and be like wow this needs to be put on a pedestal because again voter fatigue like we see a lot of seasons i I like that french candidate um for me man the one the only candidate that i'm really looking at is luka Doncic. Uh, my fringe runner-up would be kevin durant uh but luka man he came into the season last year as the favorite to win the MVP. But if you looked at him coming into the season uh, in his press conferences, he looked a little bit chubby, a little bit out of weight, uh, was kind of laughing, joking it up with the media. This year, he looks determined. He looks yeah. like a skinny version of Luca. I think we're going to get that fire from day one. Um, and I think that's going to propel him. I think the Dallas Mavericks have a good chance to, to you know, get into the playoffs into a higher seed. Um, I don't know if they can, but I think Luca's going to be the MVP, my friend. I like it. You know, I left Luca off in the hopes that my reverse curse situation can work out. Because last year, you know, I had him up there. I was all predictions, and it, unfortunately, it fell flat for him. I am of the fan of Kevin Durant. I think that he's going to have a seriously contending year. I think that with the Kyrie situation, he's going to have to at this point. Obviously, having James Harden will be amazing, but Harden is the point guard. Kevin Durant is the number one option. He's the scoring option. He is the stud for this team. And if he can stay healthy and play every single game, I mean, I would love to see Kevin Durant get an MVP because he's always trying to prove that he is the number one player in the league. And, you know, an MVP would help with that. I think, again, I have him probably coming in at second, but where I see the split happening is James Harden, like you mentioned, is also already an elite MVP level player and that's going to take away from it it's a media fan of our media designated award mm -hmm. so they're going to pull that whereas luca doesn't necessarily have that second true superstar and if he can drag them to a top five seed in a hefty western conference and and be the man 
I think it's it's got to be Luca. I mean, but agree to disagree. That that's the thing, right? That's the beauty of this conversation, and that's I mean, nobody was expecting. I mean, maybe I was kind of expecting Jokic last season, but nobody was really expecting it at the end. So this race can really go anywhere. Absolutely. Um, you want to move to to scoring champion? Yeah, I think that's a good a good way to roll because you know I have Kevin Durant as my runner up. I'm going to get him out of the way real quick because I think that he's going to have a good season. But again, Harden going to take away the points if Kyrie plays. If Cam Thomas is great, like I think he will be. I just don't think it's enough. My wild card is Harden because again, they're just too good as those two scores. But I think you and I are on the same page at the top here. Yeah, I think it's it's got to be Steph Curry. Um, I'd have Luca kind of pushing for that that second spot, maybe third, uh, depending on on the Durant situation, like you mentioned. But Steph Curry did it last year. I think he's just going to be even more of a flamethrower this year with the fact that Clay comes back and defenses have to key in a little bit more on Clay. Um, he's just going to get easier buckets. And let's be real, man, nobody hits a shot like him from deep unless your name is Dame Dalla. So you also have to remember that. Steph Curry went out of the play-in on a LeBron James three-point shot, and he has been resting, and he has been waiting. So honestly, yeah, he's going to come out. I could totally see him having back-to-back scoring champ seasons. The guy's a legend. Having Jordan Poole showing up and being a a Klay Thompson light for the beginning of the season I think is going to benefit him immensely, and Golden State is ready to be back on as a contending team. So yeah, Steph Curry all the way at the top. Yeah. 100%. 100%. I think that was an easy one, man. Um, which one do you want to get into next? Well, I we... would love to go to MIP if we could because of the Jordan Poole comment that I just made because I think that he is a runner-up potential candidate for this award. I'm going a little wild with MIP this year because, honestly, it's it's hard. We never really know. The last few seasons, some players have sometimes come out of nowhere, and I could see Jordan Poole being a stud, absolutely showing up for Golden State, and kind of being a runner-up and in the conversation for this kind of award not a bad pick man um i think mip is a very tough award to give um but i'm looking at og ananobi being the first option for this raptor squad i think that they're going to be a playoff team and i honestly think that he's going to get mip he's going to average i think somewhere like 22 points per game which is going to be a seven point increase and going from a 15 point score to a 22 point score that normally warrants the attention for mip i mean it's julius randall's jump is what we're looking for here from og right i mean the raptors fan inside me loves what i'm hearing but the raptors fan inside me also knows that the american media sometimes isn't a big fan of us my wild card is chris boucher because we thought he could have had a chance last season and he slightly missed out. I'm throwing his name out there because I have to bring it up again because I think he was close. My pick, very, I'm I'm throwing a a fish hook out into the middle of nowhere. I'm gonna take Tyrese Halliburton. You know, I'm mean to the Kings. I rip on this franchise and how bad they are and the decisions they made. But Tyrese Halliburton is still the steal of his draft. He is coming out and showing his potential. And if the Kings maybe decide they wanna go in a certain direction, this, that, or the other thing, Halbert might be the answer, and if, if he puts up points, assists, if he shows up as a leader potentially for this team that needs something, could be a win. Yeah, I, I like that pick. I think Halberton would be a great pick if I saw the Kings doing anything. He also had a very good rookie season, so I think the shock and surprise, he'd have to you know really take a huge step. I think he averaged something like 13, 14 points a game last year, so he'd have to go up to like 20. 22 
Um, and I don't see that in the cards for him. Um, he's more of a, a pick and pop player. Uh, you know, he needs that spot up shot. But hey, man, I've been wrong before, and I'll be wrong again. So let's see it. Yeah, I love it. Plus, we have no clue. You know, they're, how their feelings are towards Deer and Fox, right? The Sacramento Kings are a random messed up organization. Sorry, fans, if you're listening. Like one day, right? Maybe it'll work out for you. But let's see, yeah, Matt. Where do you want to go from here? Well, just go back there for a little bit. Who knows? Maybe uh, Simmons comes back and and they got that trade to Halliburton. Um, so he goes to the 76ers and he really shows out as one of their their deep three point threats. So hey, man, could could be sneaky. Um, I think uh, we'll go back to a, a topic that we agree on. Uh, rookie of the year. Uh, everybody was all hyped about Cade Cunningham coming in. Um, he is the generational prospect of this draft, uh, quote unquote. Mm-hmm. But I think it's Dalen Green, man. That guy's going to have so much opportunity to score. I think with Christian Wood there, um, he's Kevin Porter Jr. He's going to have some some NBA level talent, higher tier level talent to help him out. And I think it's his award to lose, man. I mean, rookie of the year has almost always been a scoring award for rookies who can show up, who can be ready to to put up offensive talent in the league. Cade Cunningham could be the generational talent. We're over here loving what we see out of the defense from Scotty Barnes, but at the end of the day, with what you've already mentioned with Houston and their their kind of the most ready team of the offensive firepowers that we got out of this draft to enable Jalen Green to have that type of season. So injuries barred, I would love to see it. Obviously, Scotty is my runner-up because I think that you know anything is possible in the world that we live in. And my wild card is Josh Giddy. You know, I'm I really like what OKC did there. I, you know, I mentioned it on draft night that he was going to get taken six. I still can't believe it happened. And I liked a lot of what I see. You know, he he came back um, from his summer league hand injury, injury and you know played decently well in the preseason. And I mean, OKC is such a weird team that they're going to be willing to let anybody take the ball and and absolutely show up especially because we've heard rumors that maybe they don't think shea is the answer like who knows matt yeah i think those are decent picks uh my runner-up would probably be uh jalen suggs um i think he's polished i think uh the fact that the raptors missed on him you talk about the american media kind of hating on us they're gonna like overhype him he's gonna have a lot of opportunity in orlando um though there might be a log jam there, so that's why he's kind of on the outside looking in for me. It's got to be Jalen Green. And Cade Cunningham, if he can drag Detroit into Detroit, any yeah. kind of form of respectability, he could easily get it as well. I mean, if Detroit basketball is back, he'll be in the conversation for sure, you know? Absolutely. I think that leaves us with the the one individual award left. Um, always a, a difficult, contentious award to be won. Uh, DPOY, my friend. Uh, I think my fringe candidate in Rudy Gobert and Joel Embiid are two easy picks, but I'm going with a, a forward. I'm going with OG Ananobi again. I got him winning two awards for us because it's going to be the elite level defense, the increase in scoring, the looking like a Kawhi Leonard type of player. I think he's going to be in his first all-star game this year. I've got OG Ananobi coming in for defensive player of the year, showing the league what they missed out on didn't didn't Kawhi win dpoy in his like sixth sixth season seventh season i can't remember i mean og's going into his fifth so i really like that i uh i went basic here matt i'll be honest i uh i went for the tried and true method of going with some big men at the end so i got joel man i've got joel coming out 
I think that the whole Simmons situation, everything in Philadelphia the past few years, it's all a boiling point and it's going to tip over for Joel. And I see him just absolutely being a monster at the rim. I fear for when we have to play Joel inside because we do not have the defensive. Like, we're a great defensive team and I think we can stop him, but we can't stop Joel Embiid, right? So I think he's going to come out and dummy kids this season. I don't think anybody has a player who can stop Joel Embiid. Um, so I think, you know, that's a the fair assumption that he's going to be up there for, you know, MVP and all that kind of those awards. And DPOY is probably what the media is going to give him because of, you know, him missing out on all those other individual awards and him being up there. I'll bet you he's going to be up there in the scoring race. He'll be up there in MVP voting. Um, so, you know, maybe a safe pick for you and probably an accurate one. That's why he's on the, the fringe for me, my friend. Exactly. I got I got Giannis as my runner-up because he's still such a monster. And I think getting a championship for Giannis could be one of the scariest things ever because it takes all the weight off his shoulders. And now he can continue to just have fun and play at his peak 145 percent energy level like i think it could be crazy for the bucks this season and then my wild card is simmons just because he was close last season and who knows maybe he comes into you know starts playing games and is like i'm just going to be the defensive monster i am or maybe he comes in and he starts chucking up 12 threes a night we have no idea what's going to happen yeah we have no idea if he's even going to get on the court but before we get into the 76ers and ben simmons man uh do you want to do the all rookie team i think uh this one's a little bit of a tougher one. Um, we kind of had some back and forth here. Thanks for, for helping me get some. But I'll go with my second team. I think Jalen Suggs, Josh Giddy, Cam Thomas, Jonathan Kaminga, and Franz Wagner are all going to have ample opportunity on their team. I think Jonathan Kaminga being on a winning team is going to kind of help propel him into that conversation because he's just going to need to show a support role. Uh, whereas Jalen Suggs is going to really take over that Orlando squad. Josh Giddy's going to be putting up points in OKC. And, and Cam Thomas, man, he could be the steal of that draft like you've mentioned multiple times. I mean, so many names that I've got on here to talk about. I'll talk about some players that Matt didn't mention because I've got Suggs. I've got Cam Thomas on my second team. Um, two Hornets players. This one's a little bit of a, a you know questionable option for me. This is just a little bit out there. Um, Book Knight, he didn't look good. But I still, I still like him. I still liked a lot of what he did in college, and I, and I have hope for him as a player. And then the real pick for me is Kai Jones. Um, and, and he's going to be really important for the Hornets. This team has a lot of center troubles, as I'm going to talk about later when we go into predictions. And I think that he is a smaller big who can come in and, and hopefully solve some of those problems, and he's going to get the opportunity to have minutes. And my last pick is Alfred Sangoon of the Rockets. Um, they're young. They're trying to figure out what they can do, and he looked really good in a couple preseason games and um i mean rockets like their bigs so they're gonna give them opportunities yeah i think he's gonna be stuck behind christian wood a little bit too much to to really warrant that that consideration for all rookie team but hey man again you could be right i could be wrong uh i think the first team was pretty easy to fill out for both of us uh you want to give me your first team I mean, it's real simple here. It's Cade at the one, Jalen Green at the two, who's going to be rookie of the year. My pick that's going to be different is Josh Giddy at the three. I really like him for OKC. I'm a little bit higher on him than Matt. I was higher on him in the draft. Um, so I think he's going to show up. And again, OKC, who knows what they're going to do. And then I got Scotty, my boy. And we got Mobley, last but not least. Absolutely. I think uh, Mobley is going to spell a lot of uh, Jared Allen in Cleveland. 
I don't know if they're going to be a good team, but they're going to be a big team, that's for sure. Um, one of the guys that I have instead of Giddy, because he's on my second team, I've got Davion Mitchell, man. I love what he did in, in Summer League. I think the defense that he's going to provide the, the Sacramento Kings, he's a workhorse. He really wants to be great. I think he's going to shock a lot of people, kind of a la Tyrese Halliburton last year. And uh, they're going to get a, a first team all rookie in him. Again, though, I got Barnes. I got Green. I got Cade. Um, Barnes is maybe a little bit of a bias for both of us because uh, he, he might not score enough to make these teams. But, hey. The kid is all energy, and I just love that. Defense is never appreciated enough in rookies, I think, and I'm hoping that Scotty, with the way that he is as a player, can kind of change that mentality. But again, he went to the Raptors, so the media probably ain't going to get on board with that. Matt, I think that's enough for the rookies. I do want to mention that we didn't do six man of the year, but there's really no point because it's whatever Jazz player decides to put up the most amount of points. So congratulations, <laughs> Jordan Clarkson. Congratulations, Joe Ingles. Like, one of you is probably going to win it this year. What about Bogdan, man? Uh, yeah, ex exactly. <laughs> man, I wish it was Chris Boucher, maybe, potentially. Uh, he's got a fringe opportunity at it. Um, but you're, I think you're right on there. The, the Jazz six-man of the year. Um, unless uh, Carmelo's coming off the bench, maybe Carmelo has a shot at it. We'll, we'll see. That's it, right? People, A lot of people are thinking maybe even Jordan Poole, but I think he's going to start for Golden State, so there's not a lot of opportunity there. Six man is such a weird award. Like if we want, we'll break it down in like thirty games into the season, and once we know who's actually going to be on the bench all season, then we can talk about the award. Exactly. Um, do you want to do defensive teams or all NBA teams? Let's do defensive teams because we've been on this topic of defense, and and I want to stick with it. I'm gonna throw out my second team first. Um, my guard rotations is Simmons and Smart. Simmons is still one of the best on ball defenders in the NBA. He's so good at it, and I think Marcus Smart is going to be really valuable for the Celtics this season. I think he's going to start this season, and I think his defense will propel them to playoffs at this point. You know what, man? I, I like that. Um, I don't have either of those guys on my team, but I can strongly consider them to be there. Um, I just don't think Sims is going to play enough games. I know he's coming back. I know he's back at the facility, but I don't think that he really wants to play for the 76ers, and I think that's going to affect his candidacy. Um, where what my guards are, um, Jimmy Butler and Mikhail Bridges, man. Ooh. I think Mikhail last year was a fringe candidate for these teams, and he's gonna he's gonna be on that roster. I think the Phoenix Suns are gonna do a lot of damage, and he's gonna be a, a big reason for it. Man, Mikhail is someone I've definitely forgot about. Jimmy's an interesting choice as a guard because I don't know how many guard minutes I think he's gonna actually get this season. Like we'll see if he gets some two guard minutes. I think it depends on rotations, but. To continue down the line, we'll move into our, our bigs and rotations. I've got Draymond at the three. I've got Bam at the four, and I've got Gobert at the five. Just kind of staples of defense in the league at this point in time, and I think Golden State's going to have a good enough season, and, and Draymond is the, the only thing he can do at this point is defense, so he has to be on one of these teams if he wants to still be valuable to this team, in my opinion. And I think Bam is going to be loving what Kyle Lowry provides him, and I mean, it's Rudy Gobert. How can you not put him on a defensive team? <laughs> well, man, I think uh, that would fill out my third team if, if there wasn't an all-NBA defensive third team. Because for me, I think Anthony Davis is going to come back. He's going to have a monster season with the Lakers, provide that defense and offense that they've been looking for. Uh, Bam Adebayo, uh, I agree with you, though. He will be on that NBA second team. Kyle Lowry is going to help him out. Um, and he was a monster last year without Kyle. But then I got Joel Embiid at the center spot. 
Um, you're a little bit higher on him for DPOY. Um, I think the the second team is going to be where he fits in because Rudy Gobert is going to make that first team just like he always does, man. It's to justify that contract out in Utah. You just may as well pencil him in every single year. Rudy Gobert, five spot at the first team all defensive team. I mean, you're right. The only reason that he's on my second team is because I think Joel's getting DPOY, and I feel like the DPOY has to be on the first, first all-NBA defensive team because that would just be weird if it wasn't. Like, NBA, what are you doing? But to go down my first team, a little interesting here. We'll see if we can get some agreements here. It'll be interesting. So I've got Drew Holiday at the one. I got yeah. Matisse Thybul at the two because Matt knows I love me some Matisse. I got OG at the three and Giannis at the four. Man, I think we filled the, the exact same ballot here uh, besides Embiid and Gobert. Um, I got OG coming in hot. Um, I think Matisse Thybul, again, with that Simmons being out, he's going to prove even more of why he's so valuable defensively, and he's going to really shine in, in the 76ers uh, roster this year. Um, so he's going to get bumped up into that first team. And then the Bucks, man, like they, they're coming off a championship. They were there last year. Holiday and Giannis aren't going anywhere. Drew Holiday has the championship weight off his shoulders. He's the best guard defender in the NBA for the past few seasons, and he's always been underrated, so of course he's going to show up here. And Matt knows I love Matisse Thibel. I'm sad that the Philadelphia 76ers consider him a leader of their team because I still want him, and I don't want them to think of him as a leader because I don't want him them to like him so much. But, I mean, he's so good at defense, so there's a reason they do. And OG, baby, come on. We believe in you, my dude absolutely we believe in him we want him to to break out this year i've got him you know really breaking out if he's going to get on all these teams and awards um i think it's, i'm a little bit risky here but i i really do believe that this is the year that he does show everyone what that potential was why he's been to com- compared to Kawhi for so long and he proves it because he's going to have the opportunity he's he has the mentality to do it He's one of the uh, most mentally strong players in the NBA is, is my feeling about him. I, I just go back to his rookie year where he, he guarded LeBron James at LeBron James's peak and actually went toe-to-toe with him as a rookie, which is pretty phenomenal. Like, yes, LeBron James is going to do what he wants at his peak, just like he did to Kawhi Leonard, just like he did to Andre Iguodala. But those guys literally got MVPs for guarding him. Finals MVPs. So, come on. And that's the thing, right? It's it's pretty wild. I'm looking forward to it, man. It's going to be wild. Let's move on to these all-NBA teams. Do you want to start at the top or at the bottom? Uh, let's start at the bottom, man, because I got I got an interesting third team here, I think. Um, Trey Young making uh, the third team all-NBA team. Devin Booker, uh, Jimmy Butler, Paul George, and Carl Anthony Towns. That's my third squad. I think Cat's going to have a monster bounce-back year for Minnesota. Um, and then Paul George is going to have to drag the Clippers into the playoffs. So he's definitely making an all-NBA team in my books. We're close here. There's a lot of similarities. I didn't think you were going to have Trey, so I was hyped to put Trey as my third guard. But uh, I'm sad. I guess we're on the same page. So, yeah, I got Trey as my one. I got Donovan Mitchell as my two. I think that it is time for Donovan Mitchell to show that it's his league. He is probably one of the best shooting guards, one of the best scorers that we got right now at a relatively young age, so I want to see him make that jump. I've got Butler at the three for reasons we've discussed. I've got PG at the four because, of course, he has to drag that team to the playoffs. I almost put Cat here. I was this close, but I've got Bam. I just think that with Kyle and with the Heat and where I have them placed in the East, I just I see him making that leap and just 
slightly edging out Cat, who, I'm sorry, the T-Wolves are going to be 11th in the standings for me. Well, man, I don't have them too high up, but I think Cat Cat's going to make it. Um, the, the other player that I kind of have on the fringe here is Jason Tatum. He doesn't make one of my all-NBA teams, but um, I could definitely see him doing it um, if he does have a phenomenal season. But let's go on to the second team here, man. Uh, who you got? I mean, you'll be upset because I got Tatum on this team. He's my he's my small forward. I'm I'm really I'm high on him. I think he's gonna have a great season, top to bottom. Though I've got Lillard, Harden, Tatum as mentioned. I've got LeBron sliding in at the four and Jokic as my center there. Oh man, that's pretty good. I think uh, we're on the same page except for the fact that I've got Zion Williamson coming in hot onto the second team at the four spot, which bumps LeBron to the three. Um, on my All-NBA second team. Jokic, of course, is going to be on one of these as a center. Um, Harden and Lillard, pretty easy choices, I think, for guard rotations. Um, there aren't many guards in the league better than them, probably just Steph and Luka, who yeah. are on my first team. So, uh, I feel like our first team may be the exact same. We will see, because, yeah, I got Curry, I got Luka, and then to finish it out, I got Durant, Giannis, and Embiid. Yeah, man. I, I think those are easily the five best players at their individual positions. Um, it's hard to argue between Luca and Steph. Um, Durant, he's he's going to be so valuable for this team. He's going to try and show everyone that they should have won the championship last year, that, it, that you know, his foot isn't that big and that it should have been behind the three-point line. Um, and G and, and Embiid are, you know, they're just staples of the league at this point, and I don't think I don't see anybody unseating them. They are the dominant bigs in the NBA on both ends of the court, and it's kind of interesting that that's kind of where we're at, right? With with this first team is almost so consistent. Like, there's potential for somebody to jump up the standings for a wild card to happen, but nine times out of ten, honestly, ninety nine out of a hundred, this is most people's first team All NBA. Yeah, I, I think uh, LeBron has definitely a chance to pop up in there. Um, if he can stay healthy all all year, but he hasn't been able to do that recently, so that's why I kind of knocked him down to the second team. I think James Harden has that potential too. I mean, he was playing some of the best basketball of his career without mm-hmm. scoring as as high of a rate as he was. Um, and then you know you've got your fringe players like Tatum. Um, if I have OJ Ananobi doing all this damage, maybe he should be on a on an All NBA team. Anthony Davis, like we're not even talking about that man who's been one of the best basketball players for the past what eight nine years um he's just got to stay healthy though for me he's got to prove it um he's definitely a fringe candidate to make these teams the league is in good hands i think that's what we're we're seeing right here you know there's a lot of really high level talent and i'm enjoying seeing you know names like trey names like luca you know these young guys coming in and being put on these pedestals beside these greats who have been doing it for years in the league so it's gonna be exciting to see how the season plays out and how these all nba teams roll by the end of the season absolutely um i'm really excited for this season man i'm excited to see where everybody lands um top to bottom i had a lot of trouble putting together my rankings list i went back and forth i knocked teams down i brought them up on my final rankings though i i did some i think some predictable things is kind of where i was going more of a tried and true process for the nba um though there's all there's always surprises so injuries happen uh teams don't play as well as you anticipate but where do you want to start west or east buddy 
Okay, so let's start in the West because we started with the Raptors and that way we can end kind of with the Raptors at the end here. So do you want to start at the bottom of the table? Do you want to break apart the contenders first? Like where in the Western Conference gets you excited about basketball? Well, let's just do, uh, I would say, the bottom five teams, the ones that are going to miss out on that play-in tournament. Um, My order, uh, I've got the Houston Rockets, the San Antonio Spurs, the Oklahoma City Thunder, the Sacramento Kings, and the Minnesota Timberwolves. Um, Again, though, OKC could be bottoming out. So could San Antonio, um, which may bump Houston up to third, but or to 13th in that that kind of ranking. But yeah, those are the teams that I don't think have a shot at at the play-in here. It's wild because the West is always seen as the super deep conference, so many things going on. And these bottom five teams, barring maybe the Timberwolves making a jump or the Kings making a jump into the playoffs, these five teams are probably going to be here. Like, we know that OKC is still tanking. We know that the Rockets, while they have Jalen Green, they're still tanking. Like, they would love a Chet Holmgren beside their team or a Wembenyana. But, you know, this Spurs team, I think, is the real conversation here at the bottom because this will be a massive blow to Popovich. I've got... From, from bottom to top, I've got Spurs, OKC, Rockets, Kings, T-Wolves. So very similar to you. But I just I don't see this Spurs team coming together. I don't see them having a good season. They're young. They really they really folded into that rebuild. You know, They let a lot of their important veterans walk and leave in the offseason. And I just don't see how these young kids are going to mesh with the Greg Popovich coaching system. And it's scary to think that we are looking at the end of Popovich's career potentially. That, I think, is absolutely wild that you said that, that it could be the end of his career. Um, But I think you might have a point there. Uh, They don't have any kind of high-end NBA talent. I like DeJounte Murray um, and some of their other pieces, but they're just not not all-stars. And in that Western Conference, they could definitely bottom out. Um, And 20-plus years of a dynasty, it's got to end at some point, right? I mean, it has to. Like, it would be insane for him to retire at the top of his game right like i'm sure that there's a conversation that's being had in dark corners of spurs office you know i'm sure there's conversations that are happening right now of just like you know if this season doesn't go well like maybe it is time like as unfortunate as it is for a legendary career to end this way i feel like i keep mentioning it like it would be so sad but unfortunately this is the way of the nba right now and that's kind of how some careers must end right especially he's getting up there in age um he doesn't necessarily change the way that his coaching style uh, has worked over the last 20 years he's not he's not adapting so it might end with him kind of getting or parting ways uh, amicably with the san antonio spurs but that's really that's really it that i want to talk about for the bottom i think my play-in teams um is going to be portland getting in at number 10 here memphis at number nine the Clippers at number eight and the New Orleans Pelicans at seven. I was high on the Pelicans last year and they burned me. I'm hoping for another extra year of development from Brandon Ingram and Zion Williamson. And with Steven Adams gone for Jonas Valanciunas, I just see them as a playoff team, man. Zion is too good and too efficient to not get this team into the playoffs. I mean, it's it's the ultimate question of Zion right now, of what the Pelicans can do, what they can't do. I've got Pelicans at 10, uh, Blazers at 9, Grizzlies at 8, and Clippers at 7. Uh, I think the T-Wolves... Same four teams. Right, same four teams, exactly, just a little bit different. But I think the T-Wolves are the one team of the bottom that could move their way into here because 
obviously Cat is a stud, and I think Ant Man can continue to climb. Just the last thing I want to say about them, but and if D'Angelo Russell stays healthy all year, they definitely have the potential to get in there. Exactly, also true. But you know that Pelicans team for me, I just until I see it all coming together, I I can't put them up higher. And the craziest part is they have the pieces, they have the potential, much like the Grizzlies, to show up and have a season like the Grizzlies had last, where they made their way through the play and they made it to the first round of the playoffs, and unfortunately they met the Jazz. The Pelicans are good. I just think that they need a little bit more time. The Blazers at 9 for me, I mean, I still think that at some point Lillard is going to get traded because I just don't think they have the talent. I made the boulder comment last week, and I want to make like an image of, of, of Damian Lillard just like holding up a massive boulder and being like, wait, why am I doing this again? What's the point of this? So like, it's a struggle for this team. And honestly, the Portland Trailblazers could be that team that falls right out, right? Like, if they get rid of Lillard, if they're not, if they struggle at the beginning of the season and they end up trading him, they could definitely be at the bottom of this. And if they do, they're just mediocrity. They, they, that's that's the end of the day for them. Um, Grizzlies at eight. I still like the Grizzlies team. Jaw had a hard season. They've got to prove themselves. They've got to figure it out. We don't know if Stephen Adams will work. I think he's. I guess a better option with the way that they want to play compared to JV, just with the way that they want to play. Now, obviously, we love JV, and I'm excited for him to join the Pelicans and hopefully, you know, be able to hit those JV threes and do what he needs to do. But I'm just a little higher on the Grizzlies and their overall team in comparison. They do have Jaron Jackson Jr., who missed all of last season, so him coming back for a full healthy season um, could help their potential chances. Um, I just, I don't. It's a tough one, man. Uh, it's going to be tight. I could even see the Clippers maybe even falling out of this group uh, with just Paul George as their lead star. Um, I know he's great, but can he really carry it a la the Indiana Pacer days in this tough Western Conference? It's going to be a question, man. Terrence Mann just got a two-year, $22 million extension. So the Clippers, they like him. They like what they had, but yeah, they're definitely falling. They, I can't see them not being in the plan with Kawhi missing I mean, there's rumors that he might not even play this season. Like, there's some exactly. crazy rumors about Kawhi right now. So, you know, I mean, this is Paul George's season to, you know, shut everybody up and prove the, the star caliber player that he is. But I just, I don't know, man. The Clippers, the story of the Clippers the past few years, it's just, it's still wild. Yeah, it's, it's very wild. But hey, man, I'm done with these teams. I want to move on to the safe playoff teams, the, the teams that are 100% making it for me. Um, they could change an order, obviously, um, you know, injuries, all that. But I see Dallas, Denver, Golden State, the Lakers, the Utah Jazz, and the Phoenix Suns. I think they're going to come in at number one after making all the way to the Western Conference Finals. Devin Booker, DeAndre Ayton, CP3, again, Mikhail Bridges. I like this roster. I like what they have to offer. And I think it's going to play well throughout the entire season. They're young, you know? They don't have those old, old players on their team to really rely on besides CP3. Um, so I think it's it's a great mix. There's a lot of storylines to break down here with a lot of teams. For me, I've got the Nuggets at sick. In injury troubles, I think that they're just going to just squeak their way out. They're just too good as a general team. And again, I talked about it a few weeks ago. I think they're going to ramp up by the end of the season. So they'll make it into the playoffs and out of that play-in for sure. I've got Golden State at five. Again, injury troubles. Clay's not showing up yet. They'll ramp it up as the season goes on. I've got the Mavericks at four. I think they're going to do just enough to secure home court. I think Luka is that good. And I think that KP is 
come out and prove that maybe he can be the second star around him. But again, we don't know around Dallas. I've got the Suns at three. You know, the whole Aiden contract situation. This is the first time Phoenix was in the playoffs for years. Like, I don't know. They're still going to be great. Maybe Father Time hits CP3. It's a question. I got the Lakers at two because I like them, but I just, I can't, I can't put them at one yet because I, I got burned last season, Matt. I didn't have the Jazz in the playoffs, and they absolutely laughed their way to the first seed at me. And I can't, I can't do that this year. So I've got the Jazz at the top. I said a few weeks ago, I think they got better. I think that they're still going to be the best regular season team in the NBA because, again, the way they play ball, it's just modern basketball right now, and they're so good at it. I, I think you're, you're correct uh, that the Jazz are going to be one of the top teams in that Western Conference. Um, and I had to knock down the Lakers because of injury troubles. I don't trust that both AD and LeBron are going to be healthy throughout the entire season. That and the fact that they're the old age home for the NBA, a lot of those guys could get nicked up throughout the season. Uh, Taylor Horton Tucker, their youngest quote-unquote good player, is already hurt. Yep. So that kind of throws a wrench into their plans. I think it's going to be a tight one at the top of the Western Conference this year. Um, where any of those six teams could could really end up anywhere. Um, I had a lot of trouble slotting them in. Again, I think Luke is going to have an MVP type season and probably be the MVP. But they're going to be like it's going to be like a Russell Westbrook six seeded MVP kind of season is what I'm thinking. Man, I still can't believe that Russell Westbrook has like 26 turnovers in the first few games. Like it's preseason, but still like. There is some crazy things happening. I think the Lakers will be fine because again, it's LeBron James. But yeah, Matt, the Jazz for me. You know, I just think it's I think it's D Mitchell's year. I think Mitchell is going to come out and, and and absolutely make people pay attention to the Jazz this season. And I mean, again, Rudy Gobert's got to prove himself why he gets that contract, right? So it's going to be fun at the top of the West this year. Any one of these teams, any one of these six teams, could be in the NBA Finals. Absolutely. They're they're all that good. They all have those kinds of potential superstars on their roster. Um, like we talked about Golden State who who barely who missed the playoffs last year, right? Like and they're gonna be our four seed. They get Clay back, they get Steph. But man, I think that's enough about the Western Conference. It's gonna be a tight one up there. Um, I like where we're sitting with our predictions better off than last year. I mean, I think I got like seven of the eight playoff teams right. Those those Pelicans burned me. I'm probably looking at it again this year <laughs> uh, with those teams. But uh, let's go to the bottom of that Eastern Conference, man. Let's get those non-playoff teams out of the way. Who do you got? All right, well, there's always bias, Matt. You're always going to get burned because you always believe in this at the app. But the teams that are missing the playoffs for me, I think, are pretty consistent in the East. I've got the Magic at the bottom. I really think that they fire so hard, and I think that they are rebuilding. They're, they're going to have to figure things out. I got the Cavs at 14. I got the Pistons at 13. Pacers at 12. And unfortunately, I'm sad to say it, just missing out will be the Hornets. It's a group of interesting teams here, right? Because I have the Pacers down so low because I think they're going to fire sale very much like Orlando did because they're such a coin flip team because the Pacers, they have to be relevant to stay alive. But also, they're never, they're probably never going to be better than the fifth seed in the playoffs as they're like true ceiling so that's why i have them down here low and i mean pistons Cavs, they're rebuilding so they don't belong in the play-in sorry yeah i i think uh we've got some very similar similar teams here I, orlando um the fact that we also have um the detroit pistons coming in at, at 14 i think Cade cunningham kind of brings up their ceiling just a little bit 
um, but definitely above Orlando. I agree. Who's got to figure out their guard rotation? They're probably going to get rid of Markel Fultz um, to make room for Jalen Suggs. We'll see what happens there. Evan Mobley in that big lineup coming in at number 13. Um, I think they have potential to do some damage in this Eastern Conference, but they're they're still a few years away, and um, apparently they don't like Colin Sexton. They, they don't want to give him a big bag, so that could affect the way that they're playing this year, the way he plays. Um, you know, confidence from your team is everything sometimes. It, it really affects your shot. It really affects who you are. Do you think that Kevin Love and Sexton might get packaged together? They can get a young stud in a contract that is untradeable and maybe make a decision out of that? Oh, that's going to be tight, man. But if they do something like that again, they'll probably end up in the bottom portion of this uh, this conference. I've got Washington coming in at number 12 and in Indiana Pacers at 11. Um, I think Indi- uh, the Pacers and Washington have potential to do a little bit more damage. Um, when you look at the, the Eastern Conference, a lot of these teams are coin flips away from each other for me, um, depending on the, the injuries, depending on if they're shooting well. Uh, but that that's just kind of what I have it as. And I don't think the Pacers, like you said, um, their, their top, top ceiling right now would be a fifth seed in the Eastern Conference and a first-round exit. Um, I like I like a lot of their players. I think Miles Turner's good. I think DeMontis Sabonis is good. I think, um, who's that rookie of the year from, from the Bucks? Forgetting his name. Brogdon? Yeah, Malcolm Brogdon. Yeah, Thank Malcolm you. Brogdon, yeah, yeah. yeah, going a blank on that one. <laughs> Brogdon, I've loved him as a player, but I don't think he moves the needle for this team. A full season of Karis LeVert, I don't think does it either. Um, I think I've got them on the outside looking in, um, and they're they're going to miss the play-in tournament, unfortunately. Uh, it's sad, right? It's definitely sad for this organization because they, they could be good, but unfortunately they just don't quite have the star power and you know the Paul George trade of years ago just didn't work out for them because unfortunately Oladipo got hurt I still remember that Oladipo injury I'll never get that image out of my head against the Raptors but you know I have the Pacers and the Wizards flipped but I guess you also have the Hornets flipped because we got this weird little triple flip happening here so for me I'm going to talk about the Hornets real quick because they didn't make the, they're not going to make the play in for me and then we'll talk about the Wizards after um, but the Hornets I think they just need more time I mentioned it earlier. I think that they've got a lot of center rotation problems. You know, I love me some Biombo, but <laughs> sorry, guy, you're five years ago at this point in time. And I mentioned Kai Jones. So I think he's going to have to come in. And is it Mason, Miles Plumley? Which Plumley is it? I, I don't know. It's not the good Plumley. That's what I do know. Yeah, I, I think that they do have some center issues on that roster. You're right. Uh, but the reason that they make the play-in tournament, they're coming in at number 10 for me here, is because LaMelo Ball uh, showed that he can be that elite-level player. And um, with uh, Miles Bridges, they have a great connection, and I think the, the two of them can can propel this team to at least the 10th seed in the, in the NBA or in the Eastern Conference here. Um, they're going to be in tight, though. They could even make the playoffs. Um, I just, why do you have the, the Wizards in that? I think, what, the 10th seed for you? Yeah, I've got I've got the Wizards in just so we can get in. I think I mentioned it to you a couple of days ago when we were talking about it's the combination of a lot of young, you know, not quite young, but also just late ex-Lakers players who want to prove themselves. I think Kyle Kuzma's going to have a good season finally being out from LeBron's shadow. And it's Bradley Beal. For me, it's on the one hand, I've got LaMelo Ball. On the other, I've got Bradley Beal. And if I just look at those two, Bradley Beal takes me to the playoffs unless he gets traded. So that's the crazy thing, right? Yeah, no, that's that's a fair point. Especially uh, you didn't even mo- mention Montrez Harrell, who's going to be looking to prove that that LA season was just 
a one-off. So, yeah, I, I think, again, the this is such an interchangeable division. Um, it showed last year with where some of the teams ended up. I mean, the Raptors were fourth at one point in, in the Eastern Conference last year and ended up all the way in the bottom 12, right? So everybody's that close to each other. Nobody's got... They've got some superstars in this in this area, a la Bradley Beal, uh, Cade Cunningham, Lamelo Ball, um, but there's no real true superstar. So, yeah, I, th- I think we can move on from this, man. Who's so? If you got Washington at ten, who's your nine? Oh, it's the Raptors. I got them at nine. I want to be, I want to be realistic, Matt. I want to. I, I, man, I made my first list. The Raptors were like sixth. I wanted them not to be in the play-in, but then I was like, you know what? I'd rather be pleasantly surprised. So I'm going to put them at nine, just below the Knicks, because I think that while the Knicks' magic of last season is going to disappear a little bit, I still think that they're a playoff team, and so they'll end up in the play-in at the end of the day, in my mind. Yeah, well, I would agree with that. I've got the Knicks coming in at nine and and the Raptors coming in at eight. Um, I think the Knicks, again, will, will probably have a good season, another year of development for R.J. Barrett. Um, Julius Randle, I think, might take a minor step back, but if he can continue to play at that level, you know, sky is the limit for this team. They could be a top five team. Um, so, again, the Eastern Conference is such a coin flip for me, and it depends on the way that it breaks, depends on injuries. Can Derrick Rose stay healthy and do what he did all last season for the Knicks? Uh, can Emmanuel quickly show that his rookie season was just a little bit of a teaser? Because um, he wasn't super efficient. I know a lot of New York Knicks fans are super high on the guy, but you know, let's see what a full year of scouting report does to them. Okay. Uh, there's always that sophomore slump uh, for players, so I think this is this is a weird one. But man, I I think the Raptors' energy, their defense, they get to that eight seed. Um, they're gonna have to do the play-in tournament, but hey, I'd rather see that than than no playoff basketball at all. Amen. I think we're also on the same page with our seventh pick. Because I've got the Celtics rolling Easy. in right there. Yeah, exactly. Because they're the Celtics are such a weird team. You know, they're also going through um, some COVID troubles because head coach Udoka had it, I think, a week or two ago. Uh, Jalen Brown uh, and Al Horford are both. Um, they have COVID right now, as of this moment. So they're going to start the season again with some struggles. And I was doing some some research, right? And I'm pretty sure the Celtics were the number one team affected by the pandemic in terms of games missed affected by actually having covid and as a raptors fan who went through that pain and we were we didn't have the same number of games missed, but we missed a lot of games and a lot of it was in a very important chunk of our season so i have hope that this isn't just more to come for the celtics and that they can get over that bump but i just don't see them coming higher than seventh like tatum could be mvp and brown and smart are good enough for two threes but you know time lord al horford Josh Prichard, like, I don't know, man. Yeah, we'll see what happens. It's it's going to be a dogfight in the Eastern Conference, especially with a loaded, uh, reloaded Chicago Bulls roster. Uh, the Atlanta Hawks having that uh, confidence after what they showed in the playoffs last year. Um, I think the team that comes in just outside the playoffs uh, bubble for me on that play-in is the 76ers. I'm down on them this year. I was high on them last year. I was a lot higher than you were. Um, and I was pretty accurate with that prediction during the regular season. But I think the 76ers are going to have issues. Ben Simmons is going to have issues. They're eventually going to trade him. And I think that lowers their ceiling, to be honest. Um, I, I see them as the sixth seed in the Eastern Conference. Um, 
coming in behind the Chicago Bulls, man, who are revamped. I like what I've seen from them in the preseason. They've, they've absolutely destroyed some teams. I don't know if you saw last night's game between um, the Hornets and the Mavericks, but the Mavericks absolutely destroyed them. That's also why I'm down on the Hornets. <laughs> Just a little side quip there. Uh, they but put, like, yeah, seventy four points or something in a game. Yeah, it was like yeah. one hundred and twenty seven to like fifty six or something. Man, it was oh, brutal. Yeah. Pain. So I mean, that's the thing though. It's preseason. A lot of things could change. Um, but I like the Chicago Bulls, man. I think they're coming in at number five. What about you? Who's your six five? Um, so I've got Hawks at six. Actually, I just I like this team a lot. I think that Nate McMillan will be really good for them, and I think that they're gonna have a cool casual season into the playoffs i see them just making it past like you know just over the plane so they don't have to deal with it i think that trey young is going to be immensely affected by the new rules the nba are going to be putting in so i can't have him as that four three two point i still like a lot of young pieces i still like cam reddish i still like what this team is doing so i have hope for them at five i've got the bulls i really like the bulls i'm really high on them i think they have a ton of talent I think that DeMar is going to love playing with this team. I think Zach Levine is going to love actually making the playoffs. I really hope this team doesn't have to do the play-in because I would be sad if this team comes together, has a good season, finally makes the quote-unquote playoffs, and then loses out in the play-in. I think that would be sad because I think this roster can do well in a seven-game series, and I would like to see that out of Chicago. Yeah, I, I think uh, Chicago's definitely going to be in the mix for that top five seed this year. Um, I like all their pieces that they brought in. I already mentioned it, but... Man, I got the Hawks coming in at number four. Um, I didn't really think about that that rule change that is has been affecting players during the preseason. You're right. Um, but I think Trey Young can overcome it. His game isn't just solely predicated on that. He's got a nice floater package. Um, and he hits shots from so deep, too. Like him, Lillard, and Steph are, are some of those guys that just pull up from half court from anywhere. And I think they're going to make it. So I think he's fine. Um, a fully loaded... Uh, rested Miami Heat squad that's not going to be as affected by COVID this year, I think. Um, coming in at number three, Jimmy Butler going to drag this team. I think Kyle Lowry's a major upgrade at the point guard spot over Drogic. Uh, that's a little Raptors bias for me, but hey man, I think I think the, the Miami Heat are looking to, to do some damage and could be one of the final teams standing when it's all said and done. I got the Heat at three as well. I really love this team. I, I think Kyle is going to enable every single player on this team to be better if Tyler Hero can come out and have a jump and be the stud that he seems to think he is in his own mind and I think Duncan Robinson off ball is going to love playing with Kyle Lowry and I've said things about Bam enough right I do want to talk about the 76ers once more because I've got them at fourth I think they're going to be really good my question to you Matt is there's a rumor right now that Ben Simmons is not vaccinated there's a rumor that he came back he got his COVID test but he can't join the team until tomorrow Friday which under league protocols makes it potentially look like he's not vaccinated. So this is another fun situation that I just wanted to bring up really quickly because, again, how can we not bring up Ben Simmons drama? Because it's Ben Simmons drama. I love Ben Simmons drama. The guy is a young socialite. He seems to think the world revolves around him. And, oh, no, you lost a million dollars and just decided to show up in the middle of the night to take a COVID test without telling anybody? Like, sorry. I just have to bring that up once more. But talking about this Heat team, like, I just love them. I really do. I'm confident. You know, Kyle Lowry jersey behind me. I, I love me some Lowry. He is the groat. He is, you know, the king of Raptors. And I want to see Miami do well. I, I have to be confident in them, right? And then 
going to the top of this table is where we get to our contenders, right? Obvious. It's it's where we get to the Nets and the Bucks. I have the Bucks at one and the Nets at two, which I'm pretty sure is the flip of Matt. I just I think that the weight of winning that championship is going to be off of this Bucks team. They're battle tested. I think Giannis is going to be coming out here and dummying fools. I I think Drew Holiday is going to love having that weight off his shoulder, and I think Chris Middleton has proved himself as a sniper. Right, so they have a big three. They've got a lot of good players around them. The question is, PJ Tucker, like, can they still be as versatile defensively without PJ? That's the big test for the Bucks. The Nets, on the other hand, who knows what's going on with them? I think that's a big test for your buddy Bobby Portis. Um, with PJ Tucker gone, can he handle those defensive minutes? I don't know if he can. We'll see it. Um, and that's why I actually have the Bucks coming in at number two, like you said, and the Nets at number one. I think Kevin Durant, James Harden, even without Kyrie Irving, especially now that he's completely gone as a distraction, you know, either you get vaccinated or or the mandate changes and you play, or you just sit out and we don't have to think about you, don't have to think about integrating you. Cam yeah. Thomas is going to get more minutes because of it. He's going to get more looks. He's going to get to actually play more, uh, which is going to help him with the rhythm um, of, of being in games. And so I don't know if I really need to explain why I think the Nets are going to be number one, but yeah. You know, the Nets coming in hot. And Giannis, Drew Holiday, Chris Middleton, that team is is built around three solid All-Stars, or two solid All-Stars and a MVP top three player in this league, even though he doesn't consider himself to be one. But yeah, it's it's the boys, man. I love that Milwaukee's up there. I got to be, be a big Giannis fan. I'd love to see the end of the season come down to a race between these two teams because the the reason why it's such an interesting conversation is because I don't think either of these teams really care about being the best team in the East. They care about winning a championship. So while we believe that these two teams are most likely going to have a better record than the Heat, the 76ers, the Bulls, the Hawks, the teams that are just quite below them, it's not so much that we can be confident and say this team has taken the lead or that team because they both might be 60-win teams easily and it might be like two three wins between each of them at the end of the season that is the difference right and it would come down to that race because they would want that home court advantage for the playoffs man but uh i think we've broken it down pretty well i think uh our predictions are in our tables are done uh hopefully we're not too wrong about it this time um i know we made some good predictions last year and some poor predictions uh but that's what it is at the beginning of the season man it's it's kind of like a, a roll of the dice and and see where the chips fall I'm waiting for the Pelicans to show up as like the three seed because I have them out of the playoffs. That'll make you happy as well. Like somebody has got to be that surprise because I had the 76ers and the Jazz absolutely show me up last season with my disappointment. So who knows what's gonna happen? Yeah, buddy, we'll we'll see it up. Uh, you want to do some some hot takes, miss predictions before we head out? Yeah, I got a pretty easy one this week. You know, I've loved what I've seen in preseason. Scotty Barnes, he's developed a relationship. I don't think Dragic is leaving. I think he's going to play out the end of his contract. I think he's going to be a valuable vet for us. I think he's going to teach the kids a lot of important things. And if we're a playoff team, I mean, he is a good playoff player, and we will miss Kyle Lowry's minutes, that's for sure. Yeah, I, I think you're 100% right that if we're in that playoff hunt, we're definitely not getting rid of him. We need him on this on the squad. So I think that's a that's a safer prediction. I think, I think he nailed it right on the head. A lot of people might call it bold because of all the rumors that were out there. So you're right in the middle there. Um, my mystic prediction, I'm going to give you two for one right now. I'll give you a, an NHL and an NBA. 
Uh, KK debuting on the top line for the Carolina Hurricanes tonight. He's going to have a two-point night. Um, I'm not going to tell you if it's goals or assists, but I think it's, he's definitely getting two points easy. Um, probably with both secondary assists, uh, if I'm just going to throw that out there. And then uh, Luka Doncic, man, he's going to have a triple-double season with 30 points. Um, just that's why he's going to win the MVP. I, they might be the sixth seed in the Western Conference, but Luka's going to average 30, 10, and 10. Um, I see it. It's It's done in my head. That's my bold prediction. That's my mystic take, man. I mean, the kid has, like, what, 50 triple-doubles in his career so far, and that's in three three seasons? Yeah. So, like... Year four, we, baby. What am I... Like, right? Like, we've seen so much out of Luka already. Like, if Russ can put up triple-doubles, I think Luka can, can have a season of a triple-double, too. So I would love to see him out. I love that take. Thanks, buddy. But I, I think you're good to wrap us up, man, unless you got anything else. No, I've just mentioned that I know you're sad about KK just to make you cry a little bit. But yeah, thanks everybody for being here. Follow us on Twitter and Facebook at The Board Sports. Like, subscribe, give us a thumbs up, whatever you need. And check out TheBoardSports.net for new episodes and blog posts. And we'll talk to you next time.